Welcome, Bouncer Backers, to this week's episode of Bouncing Back Stronger, the podcast where we explore the incredible power of resilience, personal growth, and triumph over adversity. I'm your host, Sarah Jane Vasquez, and I'm thrilled to embark on this transformative journey with you. Whether you're seeking inspiration, guidance, or simply reminded that you're not alone on your journey, Bouncing Back Stronger is here to support and empower you. We believe that every setback is an opportunity for a comeback, and every challenge is a chance for growth. Let's go. Welcome to Bouncing Back Stronger. Now, today, folks, we have a special one off episode because I thought that it might be nice to go back on the previous episodes that we've listened to, or if you've watched them on the YouTube channel, and just have a little reflection about perhaps what what you got from them, or certainly what I got from them. Now, I'm not going to do this all on my own. I have recruited one of my good friends to come and join in on the conversation. She's an avid listener of Bouncing Back Stronger. Well, why, of course. So let me introduce you to Charlotte, who, by the way, is the mushroom queen, but more on that later. So make sure you stick around. Hey, Charlotte, how are you? I am really good. Thank you. I'm so pleased. I'm so honoured to be to be invited on as a guest, but also pooping myself a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Try it every week. <laughs> yeah, when you have that sort of when you when you panic or when you start sort of like getting a little bit I just mm. my thinking part of my brain goes so I'm just going to be trying be calm and relaxed and yeah but excited oh, no what? it's just it's just a, sh- a chat with a with a cup of Charlotte that's all it is I'm just glad that you de- that you said you would come on because it saves the poor listeners just listening to me harping on for the next half hour so. Charlotte, we're both into health and wellness, and we're also both interested in other people's stories. I mean, I know in your day job that you do help others, don't you? Yes, that's it. People can be so powerful, can't they? Mm. I, I mean, I work with with people, yeah, on a daily yeah. basis, and help to yeah. support people to, yeah, um, to move on with their lives. To, to, I don't know, look look at other options if yeah. sort of the current situation isn't where they want to be. You know, look at options and there and are choices. Yeah, and set yeah. Goals, get goals in place. I think, especially the older we get, we almost we forget to have goals. To mm. goals sort of make our purpose in life, and then you can feel that you're a bit sort of just adrift you get to sort of I think your 40s and then realize you're an adult and then sort of think oh my god <laughs> so yeah just nice to sort of help direct people and I also think you can get to that point as you get older that it's too late now to do anything or why bother I'm particular age you know what why why should I make a change now and I was only talking about this to somebody yesterday and it's like we're probably going to on average now live to our 80s you know mid 80s so there's still a lot of time left and there's still plenty of time left to make those changes and to get that support, yeah. and, you know, to to access it and to also just really, truly understand that you have a choice in this. Yeah, I think, do you know what? We can have two or three careers nowadays, can't we? Mm, we can. We all have sort of retirement yeah. age, I think, for um, sort of myself is 68 yeah. So yeah, there's a, a good sort of 20 years there. So yeah, you can you can retrain and refocus at any point. And and do you know what as well? I think, you know, we're not the same as when we were no. 20. 
and what we what we wanted when we were 20 what we how we thought is completely different then to when we're nearly coming up to 50 and then you suddenly realize oh crikey I am an adult yeah. And I, I also think there's still a lot of people out there as well that think, you know, I want to continue working for as long as I can. And there's also some that say, you know, nope, <laughs> like my husband's, I'm retiring in six years and that's me. You know, it's, it's again, it depends on, on what you want. Just to know that, you know, your life isn't over at any age. There's still time to make those changes. I was reading a story only last night about a lady who's been well in her late 70s and she's now a champion bodybuilder you know, probably fitter than what I am. So it just proves to show, and this is what this podcast is all about, really. You're bouncing back, you're overcoming challenges. And, you know, there is another, the world out there, or there is another thing that you can do, you know. Yeah, I think as well with challenges and like, it's almost like the more we, the more we mess up, the better we become because you don't learn from, you don't learn from everything being sort of rosy and hunky-dory and, you know, and, there's no challenges on the way. So there's no sort of learning or development sort of there. It's it's through all the mess ups. And, and also, if you are trying something new and you're learning, maybe it's a new skill or, you know, we talk about mindset a lot, don't we, Charlotte? But if you, you're looking at, you know, changing your thinking, there are going to be some bumps along the way, maybe some bigger than others, because that's what you, because you're trying to change something that maybe over years you've been so used to doing. Yeah. You know, but well, it's being consciously well. aware of that. Yeah. When, whenever we try and do something out of the norm, then our body sort of, we have a, a, com- like a comfort zone and our comfort zone can sometimes be a bit uncomfortable, but it's, mm. you know, and, and so it's our comfort zone and stepping out of that and doing something different because, you know, some particular um, behavior isn't particularly good for you. So yeah. you think, right, okay, I'm going to change that. But you're going out of your comfort zone, your body sort yeah. of powerful arms start ringing and going like, what are you doing? This is all different. And sort of tries to rein you back in, back into your uncomfortable comfort zone. And it's sort of, it's being aware of that. So, you know, right, okay, I know I'm going to feel upset because I'm doing something different and it's out of the norm. But you know what? I've just got to relax. Just go with it. Just learn. Just feel it. Sort of understand it, identify it and then carry on. That was one of the biggest things for me was to sit with those uncomfortable feelings, to sit with them, not to just try and run away from them as quickly as I could or to behave in a particular way that wasn't going to be healthy for me. It was to sit with them. And and another key um, tip that I received and now I, I give to clients is it's always temporary. You know, I always say that our moods or our emotions can often be like the UK weather. It changes throughout the day. Yeah. You know, and time? if I sit with them quite often, sorry, if I sit with them quite often, I get to the end of the day and I'll go, gosh, what's that? You know, yeah. or reflecting on it in the evening, it? it passes. I remember a friend about probably 10 years or so had a saying, and she would say this too shall pass. And I think, yeah, like, from, I don't know, the, not Harry Potter, what's the, the, the I don't know. It I think was it's like quite a, an old saying though, because a friend. Too shall pass. It was almost sort of like you'd imagine someone standing there with a, yeah. A, a big staff and banging up. Really sort of wise. Well, this friend told me that it was her granddad. So I do imagine this really wise old man to say, yeah. you know, this too shall pass. And yeah. I, I carry that a lot, that phrase. I think it's, I think it's really powerful. Yeah. But you're, you're right. Mindset, I think mindset is behind 99% of everything. Yeah. And, um, and just going back to your interviews, I mean, Caroline, yeah. oh my goodness. Yep, she was our first, Caroline was the first one. 
And just to remind the listeners that Caroline, who, by the way, celebrates three years sober on the 12th of October, and she's going to do a talk, a presentation at a networking event that I attend. So I've invited her along to that. So I'm really excited, especially because it's going to be such a poignant day for her. But yeah, Caroline was heavily into, was started off with food addiction. And then she described her, she, you know, how she moved into alcohol addiction, or alcoholism. And she described her journey with that, didn't she? And then also added to that, there was the, the death of her mother. So she had to carry on, you know, being strong through that. And then also the abusive relationship that she was immersed into. And then, you know, the kind of coming out of all that and also custody custody of her children, you know, yeah. fighting for her kids as well, which quick up to date, date to the listeners, but she is doing really well if you don't follow her on Facebook. So keep going, Char- um, Caroline. But yeah, Charlotte, that was a really significant and a lot of feedback on that episode, actually, from the listeners. Yeah, her mindset, it's almost sort of like, how did, how does she get such a strong mindset? How, and how does she even, because you can have a good mindset, but I think with mindset, it's like an ongoing thing, isn't it? It's not like, oh, I've got a great mindset and then that's it. It's almost like something you need to keep on top of daily. Because again, in fact, actually, even sort of with mistakes that we make and stuff, you know, life's not always a bed of roses. And Mm. so mindset's always sort of up and down. But knowing there's certain things that we can do on a daily basis to to keep our mindset strong. So to keep us focused on the positive, to be able to those when when barriers or um, things are sort of coming in to knock us off course, it's being sort of having that resilience to to not let it knock you off course or. I think Caroline was just, it'd be really interesting to sort of almost get her back on and just say, what do you do on a daily basis? You know, how do you keep so strong? How do you get through your your mother passing away, get through the court battles, get through all that with your children and still know this is the right way? No, that's it. And I know she just decided, but yeah, I'd I'd like to sort of pick her brains a little bit and just see if there's anything that, any advice? I think it's all advice. We're constantly looking for advice that's going to help me especially from someone who's been there you know they've actually walked in those shoes so you know it does add hope to anyone who is in a similar position as Caroline or maybe they're struggling at the moment you know and if you are listeners go back and listen to that episode or two episodes part one and part two I think it you know whenever you see somebody who's been through something then it does give you the hope that well if you can do it I can do it too you know, which, yeah, which is a really strong message. And yeah, I, I think around Caroline as well, she's had some great support. She's been honest with what's been going on for her in her personal life. And she has kept working on that mindset of hers. Yeah, she is. I think she is um, awesome. I think we could all learn a few bits, take a few tips and things like that from her yeah. because... Yeah, we can definitely invite her back on again. As I said, I'm seeing her on the 12th of October, so book her in. (laughs) So let's go to, now Eliza was second, but I'm just going to leave Eliza to the last and there'll be a reason for that. And you might have twigged already, certainly with your introduction. Fletcher, now Fletcher's another one who we spoke about mindset. And Fletcher is the the chap who was paralysed at 18 in a car accident. A lady was texting and... He was a promising footballer, soccer, yeah, footballer, American footballer, just won a scholarship. And 
everything was taken away that from him. At 18. Yeah. That's just when you've got your whole life sort of planned out. Cause it's oh, I can't even really remember being 18. Like, you know. But for him to have that as well, I mean, I mean, it kind of sort of the accident happened and then be like that, because I think yeah. that takes a while to sort of build up, wouldn't it? Because you'd be absolutely just, your whole life has been ripped away, hasn't it? Yeah. But yeah, how he was and how he is now. And it you kind know, of just, it's amazing really, isn't it? How he just, he, he did say in the pockets, how he just got on with it. You know, he was thankful, grateful, and we talk about gratitude a lot, but he really acknowledged he was alive yeah and he, he said to me you know he calls the you know he believes in god and he calls the guy upstairs he said the big g and his faith has immensely helped him through that process i wonder whether actually being an athlete as well because there's a lot of i mean mindset's so important isn't it and um, being resilient if you want to be a professional sports person because again the road is never easy. It's always up and down. You're going to have... Well, he uh, did say to me that it's... I did ask him about that, the the idea because of his... Okay, he had the physical training, which in turn he thinks probably did make his recovery quicker, but also the mental training of the discipline, of the focus. He was determined to, to get out of hospital at first, I think, yeah. and he was determined then to make something of his life. Yeah, it's almost sort of like little small steps, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's like things that should be taught in schools now when they have the personal development is mindset. Because it can, if you can't see the wood for the trees or, you know, it's you, with a good mindset, you can achieve anything. Literally. It can be bandied around a bit as well, can't it? The term mindset, you know, and I think people it's can... personal growth to me. Yeah. Personal growth is mindset. They they are sort of one and the same. And yeah, even that you're on sort of a journey. I think when you're when you're not sort of growing and developing as a person, that's when sort of bad habits set in, or you feel sort of you're not going anywhere. Mm. I don't know, like not that you know, but also feel that you're not going anywhere. But you then allow that to manifest as procrastination. You know, it, you allow yourself to think. Well, I am think I'm guessing to give up or I'm not worth it. And then, of course, the inner critic comes in and the negative voices come in and that chatter comes in. The mindset is to sit there and say, OK, this is happening right now. What can I do about it? Or what mechanisms can I use? What strategy? What, what are my resources? It might be that didn't work out. So I'll try something else. Yeah. And, and we're also different. So the what works for me isn't going to work yeah, for you. Totally. Not work for that. anyone else. And and I think you have to change things all the time as well because we become used to things, don't we? And then they don't have so much meaning because it's all you almost do something subconsciously. And so it's it's not you're not actively doing something. So yeah, you need to and that, do you know what? There's so much stuff, I think, around sort of this whole area that you think there's there's not sort of one magic thing. It is trying and seeing what works for you um, and adapting and changing. And But I think we think there might be like a secret little box and there's something in there that um, we don't yet know. Once we know sort of what it is, it's all going to be a bed of roses. But it's little, like literally, literally little things every morning. We're just waking up and listening to the birds. I think I watched a Mel Robbins and I think 10 seconds of 10 seconds of bird song improves your mental health for eight hours. I mean, well, I, that's so funny you said that because I think I heard it on the Mel Robbins podcast as well. And now, do you know what my alarm is in the morning? Me too. Yes. 
Charlotte, I'm going to be honest, I'm not sure if it does quite wake me up all singing and dancing, but it's better than a beeping noise. You know, it doesn't give me yeah. that anxiety. But yeah, that's what, I, that's what I've got. It's many things I think you know, that we do. Even but... just having no. a stand outside for five minutes with your coffee or even, you know, a, a quick journal or I like to read a page of my book before I get on any social media. I like to do a little bit of exercise. It was just a bit of movement. And also, I think one of the biggest things that's getting better, and I may be biased because I'm a coach and therapist, but talking to somebody, <sighs> you know, 100%. I I know I can come to you as a friend, you know, and a confidant and talk to you and get that, that advice. Or, you know, you can go and see a therapist or a coach. I mean, I have a coach. I have a therapist who's been amazing. Yeah, I think, you know, and also you've you've got different people who you can talk to different things about. Yeah, I think analyzing things, especially if you're worried about something, yeah. because if you keep it inside, then you get like you, you you have your two little people on your shoulder, don't you? You're sort of the good one and the bad one, and the 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 the, the good positive person saying something, but then you've got that little voice in your head going, "Oh no, you're an idiot. You you know you you're daft. You're never gonna." And you can end up twisting yourself in circles. But if someone gives a sort of a problem, just speak to someone about it and literally getting it out makes it less of a problem, I think, because you've sort of verbalized it. But then you can just talk through things, you know, am yeah. I being overly sensitive? Am I being this? Am I being that? Getting another perspective. And then even then realizing, right, okay, well, actually, I need to change my perspective because I'm looking at it from this point and I haven't yeah. looked at their point of view or, you know, it's like that when... A situation happens and you're all you're all there, you all see it, but you will all have if you then repeat it, everyone's sort of scenarios will be different because we all mm -hmm. would have seen different things and mm -hmm. take different things from it's it's the it is the perception that is more important than the reality, funny enough. You know. Yeah. And I I find this with perhaps a lot of even social media posts or marketing. People can have very different perceptions of something or, you know, my perception of something could be very different to yours. And it's the same in, in relationships as well. And that's why it's really good to go and talk to somebody objectively or to get a different opinion so you can see the other side. Because quite often, sometimes if we are worried or we're stuck in that, you know, thinking spiral, we can't see the woods for the trees. We are, we are tunnel vision. And yeah. so it helps to go and get that, you know, other viewpoint. Yeah, absolutely. It really does. Thinking, you can have something that you haven't even thought about and then it mm. completely changes, you know, how you think, how you feel. Mm. And then it also then affects how our body actually is because how we think affects sort of our bodily sort of reactions to things. Well, the body is so important. I was talking to a school mum the other day and the, the fact that I was saying to her that, you know, our anxiety or our sadness it's in the body first. And you feel a it. Headache. Uh, well, a client said to me the other day that, you know, she suffers with, she's been suffering with high anxiety. And she said, I've been having these terrible migraines. And I said, well, that makes sense because that's your body saying to you, there's something wrong. It's signaling a warning to you. We just often think it just comes into our thoughts straight away. No, your body's telling you that you need to do something. Yeah. You know, to, to act reading, upon something. Um, I'm reading Trust Your Vibes by Sonia Shoker at the moment that a friend gifted me for my birthday. But that's brilliant because she she talks about your body telling you as well when you're yep. trying to sort of 
if you, your body's trying to tell you um, your intuition is coming forth and telling you something, can you just ignoring it and ignoring it? And how many it- times have you done that? I wish I'd have listened to my gut, you know, or I had a gut feeling, you know. And I've been looking at some, I've been doing some actually somatic meditation where it's focusing on moving your body to relax and calm your nervous system and your mind. And I love it, you know, because it's that movement and that connection. It's all connected, isn't it? your body, mind and spirit. That leads on quite nicely to Clint. As Clint talks a lot about the importance of journaling, the importance of meditation and the importance of taking that pause in your yeah. day would be outside. And he actually says just 15 minutes a day, like for yourself. Yeah, which isn't a lot, which you think, but then sometimes unless I have to plan things in, say that like, I've got a, a morning routine, which you think, well, you know, you can have it in your mind, but I have, I have it, write it down in my phone because it's like, right, seven o'clock this, seven yeah. fifteen that. Yeah. Because if it's not, you, I'll end up sort of having a coffee, sitting down, looking at my phone, scrolling an hour, hour and a half's passed by. And I'm like, ah. so sort of having a plan. But what really hit me with Clint actually was, you know, that when you're a baby, when you think that nothing is like being an adult, you're sort of as you were as a baby. And even actually this goes back to things that before you're even born, how your genetics makes up sort of your your happiness, your like everything. But generations as well. Yeah. Through your genetics, you know, past past generations. And Eliza mentioned it too, that pre-ver- that pre-verbal trauma. So yeah. we can't it's- speak or, and we don't, many of us don't have any memory before the age of four. Yeah. Yes. Being- Our body has absorbed what was going on around you. And I was talking to somebody, a guest who's coming on a future episode and she talks about to not to absorb, what was her phrase? Uh, it'll come to me in a moment, but that idea that, we absorb too much around us, particularly if you're an empathetic person and particularly if you are very sensitive. You will absorb, you'll absorb everybody else's energy. But, you know, again, going back to perhaps before you remember things, before maybe you can verbalise, your body will absorb it. Just crazy. got me thinking though about with COVID and mm. with babies and being born and everyone wearing masks and yeah. you think, well, Attachment is so important, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, when would that be affected? Will there be children in, say, 20 years' time that might be affected because, um, in, and it would only have been a short period of time. Like, well, I suppose, actually, unless that someone was poorly and was in sort of intense. Hospital, yeah. Or but not the facial expressions and not seeing them. Or hugging. You know, the simple, you know, the, the probably one of the best things that can give us the oxytocin is a hug. Yeah. And, and we it, couldn't do that for so long. Yeah. It it was for a lot of people, just that contact was so difficult. Oh, and I do think it? it's going to leave an imprint. Most certainly will leave an imprint. It has already with some people. You know, a client was telling me how she actually developed quite an unhealthy eating pattern during COVID. Another client talking about um, drinking during COVID because they felt so lonely and there was nothing else really available. And so I think that we're just coming out of it now and people are just beginning to talk about it. But there's going to be much more. There will. It was, it was, I think we still quite realise how massive it was and the impact it had. 
Yeah. I think if you were, if you lived alone um, and particularly if you were in so a city, hard. in a block of flats yeah. or something, yeah, it would have been horrendous, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. You just have the, the telly, which was all doom and gloom and you had like big germs running down the street all after you sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. it was and, and those people as well who were living in unsafe environments, those people who were living with someone who wasn't particularly good for them or for their mental health. So yeah. th- there's quite a, a lot that's that's going to still come out. You know, I think studies are still being done and research is still being done. And maybe as we're moving away from it, pe- more and more people are starting to talk about it. Yeah. You know, perhaps a little I bit safer, I don't know. Well, yeah, I think it takes a time. Some, well, it takes time sometimes to realise something, doesn't it? Because you... You sort of you you feel something, you experience something, and then you sort of you you feel we need to, or you know, well, we just need to be able to deal with that. Yeah, we need to uh, just be able to get on with it. In fact, I've just been at a menopause cafe this morning, and mm-hmm. and we're talking about. I mean, menopause now we we talk about, but say even sort of my mum, you just had to deal with it. You know, just yeah. get on with it, deal with it, sort of thing, and and yeah. you don't know. Oh, you, you're affected until sort of afterwards, and then you look back. It's like if you go through a bad period of your life. You don't realise quite potentially how down you were until yeah. you're out of it the other side and then you reflect back. Reflect. Oh my God. Yeah. And that's and that's what that's why I think reflection is so important. That's why I even wants to include this episode, because we hear so many things, so many messages, and it's so helpful to take that pause and kind of digest what we've heard, what we can learn from it, and especially our own experiences. That's why, you know, as Clint said, you know, journaling is so important and so powerful. Some people don't like writing it down. I get that. So sometimes I say if you've got a recorder on your phone, most have a little recording app now, perhaps record it. Or some say it in prayer, you know, some might, you know, say a, a prayer aloud. Yeah. Or in drawing and call that any way that you can communicate perhaps what's going on in here outwards is a really great way to get those emotions and feelings out so they're not stagnating within you. Yeah. It's almost, I think, if it, once you say them out, it almost, it, it takes away the the power, doesn't it? It's like, it's like crying, isn't it, really? If you cry sometimes, it's a release of emotion. You just really, yeah. really want to have that good cry and, and let it all out. I mean, sometimes I love watching a sad movie just to have a cry. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's so sad. What the was like, are you crying it just at this? It's really sad. I think that's also being a mum though, isn't it? Do you know yeah. what? Before children, I think that was quite like harsh and quite hard. I'd be like, I don't really get upset about anything. But then really children. Yeah. Yeah. It was that whole sort of it opened up sort of I think yeah. the, my emotions and I feel everything from everyone and and then have to sort of yeah, rein things in because you can get quite down, can't you? Yeah. If you're still, I think I'm, more I'm, so now, which we'll go into in a way, is the our hormones as well. And as a woman, I think our hormones are never quite constant, really. Maybe pregnancy is about the only time. Well, no, no, the woman tells all that. I don't know. Maybe after menopause, they're constant then. You know, I don't know. But a man, someone was telling me, another guest who's going to be featured on the podcast, that a lot of studies that are done, she was talking about intermittent fasting. And a lot of studies that have been done have been trialed on men. And we can't, she said, there's no comparison to women because men's hormones pretty much stay as they are. A female's hormones don't. Yeah. Depending on what, what where you are in your life. What, yeah. And, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, even how you're feeling and how you eat. Exactly. You know, and also a, a couple of weeks ago, the women's football was on and I started to cry because Australia beat the French in the penalties. Like, where did that, what was that about? <laughs> that what? what? And I'm not even Australian. I didn't really care. But I was so, I think it's because I was so pleased for this Australian team. Yeah. Oh, no. And I, I definitely, definitely am going to put that down to my changing hormones at the moment. Yeah. yeah, I think that's right. I think the more we know they're about, well, the more we know about anything, then the, the better we are to sort of handle it and deal with it, aren't we? If we know the reasons behind sort of why we're feeling like this, what's going on, then it's easier to then make adjustments um, yeah. rather than sort of having to sit with it. It's like, yeah. right. But in fact, sometimes though, it's hard to know when you're going through something to identify it and go, oh, actually, I know what this is. This is that, that, that. Again, it's reflection, say if you're yeah. or something, it's not until sort of after the fact that you're like, oh yeah. I That's was why it's also a good thing yeah. to write things down because you can go back and you can look at patterns and perhaps say to yourself, okay, when was I last like this? Or when did this, I know this has happened at some point. What was I doing? Where was I? Who was I with? Well, you know, in whatever capacity it is that you are perhaps tracking at that moment in time, but you can begin to see patterns. And this is why we, uh, this is why I've, um, going to introduce for the next couple of months at least the women's collection uh i from my own experience now perimenopause looking at my age and and you know these emotions that aren't right and perhaps my skin i've talked about this a lot but i'll talk some more about it in the upcoming episodes but my skin has felt like i'm a teenager again even though obviously it doesn't look like that way the wrinkles but I mean, the spots and the acne. So I really yeah. wanted to do something that focused on women's health, well-being, uh, with a kind of a focal point of the menopause. And then we will, we branch off. There's episodes that are going to be about um, eating, nutrition, spirituality, ADHD, which has had a lot of interest over the past couple of years, especially in older women, and especially because women can hide it a lot more and mm. also because many of us have just thought ADHD is in young boys who act and behave wildly not the case and another it's, a, it's the same as sort of menopause as in sort of up until the last couple of years it's just sort of like well deal with it yeah. you know mm -hmm. you, you know how you are or you're, you don't know how you are but I don't know you you've had to deal with it and there was nothing that there was no advice there was no sort of learning around it was it it was just sort of get on with it it's what happens it's sort of you're it's shameful but yet every single woman goes through it yeah so why is that mm -hmm. it, so, it's mind-boggling it is good now that we we talk so much because I didn't realize I mean up until say a year ago it was you know menopause symptoms were hot sweats yeah and you'd get forgetful and you'd put weight on and your hair would thin or something. But there's like literally hundreds, isn't there, of, of symptoms that you can have of that comes with menopause. And I think... Yeah, it, I've been doing a menopause menopause therapy course and to, you know, to really help and understand what's going on for women. And I'm not going to lie myself, there must be nearly two A4 pages of symptoms. Yeah, all we really hear about is, as she said, hot flushes, weight gain, Emotions and being, and being and being a mad a mad woman, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even a bit snappy. Being mental. In fact, my my podcast creative director, he he looks after my YouTube. 
And he was talking about, you know, a, a mature lady the other day. And I said, he's probably going through the menopause. So this is why also I've said it's going to be the women's collection, Charlotte, but it's also for men as well, because if you live with a female, you work with a female colleague, I think all of these things that we'll be covering are going to be so important to the men to know as well. So that they've got what, knowledge and understanding. Power. It, knowledge is power. We come back to it. <laughs> but it's what you do with the knowledge that's power. Yeah, it is definitely. Because I think from a sort of a guy's perspective, I think, and, and with PMT as well, because, you know, hormones can be the absolute bane of our lives, can't they? You know, for, for two half the month, yeah. your hormones could be up and down and you don't know sort of where you are. And so having that sort of understanding, I think for guys as well, especially when you know we're, we're women coming into our 50s that you you might be married 20 plus years and then suddenly it seems like your wife hates you she can't bear you she can't you even know, before because what's come to light doing the guest episode is the uh, perimenopause is is the longest that we are in this situation as soon as we hit menopause we, we've not had a period in 12 months then the menopause but we've been building up to it from our early mid forties. For most women, it's not the same for everybody. And I always reiterate in these episodes as well, that not every woman goes through, you know, horrific symptoms or anything like that. Some women absolutely breeze through it. Some women are so-so. And then there's others that find it really difficult. Uh, And as you said, you know, we keep saying in, in this podcast that everybody is different. We all have our own story. We've all got our own unique approach. But as long as you know what's going on, big or small, yeah. And the men too. Yeah. And you know where you can turn to for, for certain things? Because I think with, was particularly with men, there's certain things, you know, we lose 30% of our collagen in menopause. Um, there's maca that we can have there. There's lots of ginseng and inco and things that we can have for brain fog. Once you know sort of what's going to happen, then you can get some supplements. Because some, some things you have not got an episode on the supplements. We talk about nutrition a lot, but we've not really gone into the supplement side. But one thing that does come up is one guest recommended that as a, as a female, especially on your supplement side, your vitamin side, going to get tested for you for your hormones, she said, is just not really that great of an idea because they fluctuate. So one day my hormones could be there or my estrogen progesterone, whatever it is, but go and ask for a blood test in terms of what are you deficient in? And then instead of walking into perhaps Holland and Barrett, like I do and going, oh, look at all these vitamins, let's get one for perimenopause, just buying the box and thinking, ta-da, it's better to go and get tested and then you can see really pinpoint where you're deficient. So I thought that was a really good piece of advice. But then also, as you said, the collagen side, you know, the, the maca side, the herbal, the herbal remedies, these are things that we can also be doing for ourselves to protect our bones and, you know, yeah, definitely. Our, our hormones. Gonna, well, we're going to be living till our 80s. You want oh, to, yeah. <laughs> you still want to be active in your 80s, don't you? There's no point living till your 80s and you're, sort of, you're I don't know, you're housebound. You know, we still want to be active. We, so we well, need exercise to is, is mentioned. Yes. Yeah. And, and keeping that flexibility and, our exercise routines may have changed, but it doesn't say that we can't do them. You know, we can't do exercises that are going to be good for us. And I think strength training and walking are the two biggies that, that yeah. have come out. Let's think we need to, because I, when I was in my twenties, I was all about the cardio. I would do hours and hours of cardio. Absolutely loved it. But 
Well, it, it's not actually the older you get. It's actually aging cardio if you do a lot of it. And I know we, we need to do a bit of cardio, but that's when sort of walking. I think that we can get our cardio from walking, from brisk walking. You know, you need to just get your heart rate up. But I think it's really important and for women to know that it's the strength exercises. So mm. even just doing a few press-ups and a few sit-ups, we mm. need to strengthen our muscles because, again, our the, our muscle mass just decreases with yeah. them. Yeah, it does. And then that can affect even how you stand and how you walk. Yeah. I Another thing is that all of these combined will help you to reduce stress and anxiety that are so important as we're going through these changes into later life a lot of this yeah can be done through your diet and I want to move on to the reason why I called you the mushroom queen Charlotte because actually they say that stress you know and if you're very stressed and everything that affects everything and is an early either an early cause of death or it definitely contributes to something else how, I think, so, you know, I, I I was told by someone actually, it was a reformer class, uh, probably about a year ago, that stress and sugar were sort of like one of the biggest killers. Wow. And uh, it's just like, oh God. But with stress, when we get stress, our body, I mean, we're still sort of like Neanderthal type where you get stressed, your body thinks that you need to run for your life. Mm, and so we spoke about it with Clint a lot. Yeah. You need, they need to, you know, fight for your life or run. Nowadays, we don't tend to need to run for your, your life. So if you get a bit stressed, even sort of a little bit sort of nervous, you get that sort of <clears throat> feeling in your belly. It's like that's your body sort of giving off the stress hormones. Oh, yeah. And cool. your brain still can't distinguish whether it is a tiger standing in front of you or whether it's just a bad email. But yeah. if we're in the home, this is what Clint was saying as well. If you're in the home, you've got nowhere to go. There's no outlet. So you have to go and find one, but a good one. Yeah. So you, know. you need to either go and run off those hormones yeah. or, uh, as you just mentioned, actually, the, the reishi mushroom is just absolutely amazing for stress. So I can't remember exactly what part of the mushroom or what it's called, but reishi interrupts our body's stress response. So it stops our bodies from giving off that cortisol and adrenaline. And I almost imagine it sort of like after a stressful event, I'll have a, a mushroom coffee and I can almost imagine sort of the little, the reishi going around with like little portable hoovers going. Yeah. And swap all those sort of nasty stress hormones because what stress hormones then, if they're left in your body, they cause damage to our organs. To, um, because how many, that reminds me of how many of us have gone, I've had a really bad day, I'm going to pour myself a glass of wine or I'm going to take a drink. And actually all we're really doing there is separating the, the stress. Recover it sort of yeah. thing. That yeah, you you're masking it. Whereas you feel like, and I have my Rishi coffee. I should have brought a sample to show everybody, but I will do. I have my Rishi coffee. I have one in the, my anxiety is most high in the mornings. So I'll have one mid-morning, like my mid-morning break. I really enjoy it. And then I'll have a hot chocolate in the evening. That's mm. on a general day. If I'm having, if there's any part of stress going on in my day, then I will have another one, say maybe mid-afternoon or, yeah, you know, just to, and take five with it. I think it's good to stack it. So I'll take that. I love going into my little conservatory, even that's getting a lot colder in there now. And just sitting, looking outside for five minutes. It's a really nice break. I feel like I'm doing something for myself. I feel like I'm taking a pause and being kind. But it's my Rishi coffee, as you said, I think, oh, you're mopping everything up. You're doing good. It's, it's, it's good. I, I mean, and this is good for me. 
Yeah. But I'd say reishi, I mean, there's so many other health benefits to reishi. Mm. It's absolutely, I mean, there's so many medical studies, actually, literally thousands of studies on how the reishi mushroom helps with cancer. It's anti-cancer properties and tumors, how it helps with pain. So um, fibro, autoimmune diseases, it helps sort of with your, your uh, blood sugar levels, yeah. helps with heart health. And it my is- auntie in Scotland, she's bought the coffee off me for mostly for my uncle, for his inflammation, arthritis. And she said that, you know, he, first of all, he really enjoys it. Oh, one question I often get asked Charlotte is, does it taste of mushrooms? Clearly not. Does it? Does oh, it? I, mean, I like mushrooms, but no, it doesn't taste the mushrooms at all. Yeah. The, the mushroom coffee that I sell yeah. is it's organic coffee. Um, and what's really good actually with mushroom coffee as well, because you've got all the energy and everything from the mushrooms, it's really low in caffeine. So where normal coffee would sort of cause you jitters and cause anxiety because it's putting toxins into your body, and it dehydrates your coffee as well. With mushroom coffee, it's low in caffeine. So it's actually hydrating it. It's detoxifying your body. Mm. It gives you energy and you mm-hmm. don't get a coffee crash. Mm-hmm. So there's jitters. It's all just nice and calm. And It's almost like, you know, we've not talked about Eliza yet, but it, Eliza talked about the advancement of psychedelic treatment in the US, yeah. particularly she doesn't use these synthetic psychedelics. It's with the natural, you know, it's with the mushroom. Um magic mushrooms to perhaps you and I. But she was talking about microdosing. And I was thinking about this the other day when we were having a conversation. And I thought, you know, the Rishi coffees are almost like microdosing. I'm not sure how much you need to microdose, but Eliza said that it's not much at all. So, you know, I thought, this is really interesting because she was talking about microdosing in the sense of helping with depression and anxiety, you know, and and a range of other things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. you know what? It'd be really interesting to uh, to speak to her again and say, well, how does the reishi mushroom compare with psychedelic mushrooms? You know, what are the what are the properties of both? Well, I think she said that it's just that it's you've just got different because it's the what's the the compound psychedelic Yeah, does it? I think in some mushrooms it's greater than in other mushrooms, even though yeah. So the the that is the the main compound. Yeah. that adds to the psychedelic effect. So I think, you know, the greater the psilium, the greater this kind of psychedelic effect. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, thought, they're a family, aren't they? It's all the fungi together, so you'd have to be very careful. Is there a lady in Australia at the moment who's ever in the news? Like, you know, did you hear that? Like, like her mother-in-law and father-in-law died because she served up this beef wellington with the side of wild mushrooms. Oh, do you know what? That's always been something ever since I was young. You know, you don't, you don't pick, you don't touch mushrooms. You don't touch, you know, you don't put your yeah. fingers in your mouth. You well, they say it's not just something to go and forage. These are, you, you need to know like, what you're yeah. looking for, don't you? Yeah. Which is, it's amazing with the whole fungi network because the fungi network is like literally, I mean, there's a, a film on Netflix documentary, isn't there, about the fungi network. It's sort of, I've not, it's not almost, seen it. it's almost like the bees without yeah. the bees there'd be no life. It's like without fungi, there would be no life. And then the mushrooms are just the fruit in flowers of the fungi network. But yeah, they can either kill you or they can make you really like happy and healthy. And so you just, you don't want to mix up your mushrooms. And so Um, yeah, I would always buy them in a supermarket. And you can also buy them safely from yourself. Yes. If you want the health benefits of the mushrooms. They so are amazing. I love them. They've helped me through considerably, you know, many years of like stressful time. And 
I think even, you know, you're going to probably kill me for this, but even maybe on a placebo level that I just think this is good for me. You know, like just on that, you know, I'm having something that's nice for myself. So what we'll do, Charlotte, is we'll put your details into the show notes. And you also have a little freebie, don't you? Yes. Yes. Just to prove to people that the mushroom coffee doesn't taste like mushrooms at all. It's 100% organic Arabica beans. It's a lovely, gorgeous coffee, but you'll get all the benefits of the reishi mushroom with them. Mm-hmm. So is that a pack for a week? Yes. I, right. From when I started having mushroom coffee, I, um, I mean, I'm not a particularly stressful person. Um, mm. with- my anxiety, but I really noticed after four or five days of having a coffee every morning, uh, I felt like a weight had been lifted. So it's hard to explain. It was almost like, you know, when if you've got a million things that you need to do, you're like, your to-do list is that long. It's in the back of your mind. And it's just like, oh, forgot to do the phone the milkman again, forgot to pay this bill, forgot to do that. And I don't know, there's little things that are there that don't mm. really cause anxiety, but they're there. And then when you do them, you're like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. All my like to-do list is done. It's gone. It was almost like that feeling of elation, that sort of light-heartedness as such. But I was having a coffee sort of for four or five days. So I think to really feel the benefits of the Rishi coffee or Rishi mushroom is you need a week's worth of coffee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you will so if the listeners they click on a link to enter and then they, the winner, which will be picked out on the following Wednesday. So they'll be picked out on the 4th of October and I will announce it yep. uh, through social media or whatever. I'll, and they will um, get a week's supply of coffee, but yes. maybe different. So because of that range, there's different variations. So you've got the King Coffee, which is, is that got the spores? King Coffee is Rishi spores. Now, yeah, Rishi's what I'm drinking spores. at the moment. Yeah, yeah. it's it, like, you've got the Rishi mushroom and then you've got the spores, which are like way up here now for... Yeah. Yeah. They're like the strings power like, of the spores. <laughs> the king for a reason. But yeah. how how we get the goodness from the spores is they're double cracked. So this is a painted version. So I believe in other mushroom or reishi spore spores that you only get 15% of actually what's available in them because it's how you extract the goodness from the mushroom. And so this painted version where we double crack them and you get 99.9% of the goodness you should see some of the feedback from people that suffer with, um, say, fibromyalgia, with um, diseases of inflammation. Yeah. How the spores have helped their health is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got black coffee, the, the, the king coffee. I've also got royal coffee, which has got three mushrooms in. So it's got the reishi. It's got cordyceps, which is amazing for performance because it gets sort of oxygen and nutrients around your body. And mm-hmm. um, my other favorite next to reishi is lion's mane. Now, lion's mane is the only thing that breaks the brain blood barrier. So it gets nutrients directly to our brains to help repair and regenerate brain nerves and um, brain cells and nerves. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So it's brilliant. I mean, the, if it, yeah. th- this is all the mushrooms. There's so many sort of yeah. med- studies on the mushrooms that if you go and have a look at how lion's mane helps with ADHD, how it helps with autism. Yeah. It's helped with um, Alzheimer's um, yeah. and dementia. It's, it, mushrooms are phenomenal. Yeah, and I think only more and more information is going to come out about the the powers of of mushrooms. I, think, I mean, it's either as a therapeutic resource, and certainly is something that we can have in our drinks and in our foods. You know, to it's amazing that we can now buy benefit. mushrooms literally yeah. from someone like me that you could mm-hmm. sort of go into a shop and get it because. 
yeah, the, the health benefits of switching your coffee. And I know we're very, we're all very particular about our coffee though, aren't we? We're very precious about our coffee and I was. And so my plan had just been, well, I know the health benefits of it. So I'm just going to have one a day. I'm not going to change the rest of my coffee. I wouldn't touch another coffee now. Even if I went to Starbucks and Costa, I would just get some hot water and I'll put my own coffee in there. Because really? I'm, I'm oh, not quite there yet. I really do enjoy, <laughs> I really do enjoy it, a coffee out. But I will, I, I do like adding it in. That's what I like to yeah. do. You know? Coffee out, but you just, because they all come in little sachets. So you just yeah. pop your own sachet of coffee in there and you can still, you can still coffee, cake and coffee out <laughs> with the girls. But yeah, it's Jeez. almost sort of like, why would you want something that's not good for you when you can have something that's amazing? Uh, and with all those benefits. So if anybody wants more information, drop you a line. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll your, give you everything so it's yeah. all in the show notes. You will come back again, won't you, Charlotte? Because we're going to kick off next week. Sorry, after this one, it will be Angie who's going to talk about her experience of ADHD being diagnosed in her early 30s and much more around that. And then the women's collection will continue to feature, you know, what we spoke about today. So it'd be lovely to come back in the new year. And today's been amazing. I'm sure going to get such wonderful feedback. feedback. <laughs> so thanks so much, Charlotte. Thank you for joining Thank me today. You. Thank you. Thank and you. to you guys, please make sure that you tune in for Bouncing Back Stronger next week, where we'll be kicking off the women's collection. And men, I am not leaving you out because you're going to gain so much from it too. See you then. And that's a wrap for this episode of Bouncing Back Stronger. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you found inspiration and valuable insights to help you bounce back stronger in your own life. I'd love to hear from you, so please feel free to share your thoughts, insights, or personal stories of resilience by reaching out to me via email or my social media channels in the show notes. I'll leave you with this. Resilience is a journey and we're in this together. Farewell for now, bouncer backers, and I look forward to seeing you all next week for more like this.